0: This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> Pierce. Very easy. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my MC. i the young guy, What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, how we doing, how we doing, and welcome to episode 150, episode 150, episode 150 of the Banner Banner Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBanter18 or on Facebook and Instagram. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some fantastic podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, The Marky P Show, Those Girls You Know, Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Burnt Toast, It's Always Something with JD, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, 30 Flirty and Surviving, Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, and many more podcasts on the way. And of course, if you're into sports guards, go check out Big Night Breaks, they break cards you can get personals jump in uh, team breaks divisional breaks every single night on facebook instagram and youtube don't forget to go down to the card vault down in patriot place and don't forget to check out timmy ticket tuesday if you want some free concert tickets and one more thing bignightshop.com click the big night media tab head over to the banner banter podcast page and go get yourself some banner banter podcast merch now We have a lot to talk about this week. I have a lot of things on my mind about this Boston Celtics team because I was very frustrated after their game on Friday night against the Portland Trailblazers, and I'm sure most of you would probably agree with me that that was a very frustrating game. But the fact that this is episode 150 is absolutely insane. I've done over 5,700 minutes about talking about the Boston Celtics, and for those of you that have been here for day one, thanks so much. For those people that have only been here for 10, thanks so much. For those of you that have only been here for one, Thanks so much. This is pretty crazy. The fact that I've done 150 of these, what is this, the fourth season, pretty bananas. So thanks so much for listening. I, I really and truly appreciate all the support. So let's talk about the current state of the Boston Celtics right now. Since the last time we chatted last Tuesday, the Celtics made a trade, part of a three-team deal. They uh, traded away Juan Hernan Gomez to the San Antonio Spurs. Brian Forbes went to the Denver Nuggets, and then the Celtics received PG pj dozier and bull bull first off pj dozier good young talent he's a very good defender has played very well for the Denver nuggets he's gotten better and better every single year you know a good young talent for sure and he's out for the rest of the year with a torn acl he actually wears the number 35 for his cousin reggie lewis that is correct he is related to former boston celtics player reggie lewis rest in peace to reggie lewis always loved watching him playing basketball now We are probably not going to see P.J. Dozier ever in a Boston Celtics uniform. Maybe, maybe not, but I'm going to go with probably not. He's obviously not going to play this year with a torn ACL, but he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So I wouldn't expect the Celtics to sign him unless it's for a dirt cheap deal. Who knows what's going to happen? Blah, 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 Now, bowl, bowl. Everyone is very excited about it. He's the more athletic, better shooting, better running, better passing version of Taco Fall. He can be on the team next year if the Celtics follow through with the $2.6 million rookie contract qualifying offer. But right now, he is hurt. The day before the Celtics traded for him, they actually, he actually opted in for foot surgery. And he'll be out 8 to 12 weeks. So he might make the playoff roster, might be healthy enough. Don't know. He could be back probably around... Earliest would probably be St. Patrick's Day ish. So we'll be very, very close to see if we'll make the the roster. Now, why did the Celtics trade for two injured players that probably will never play for them, most likely? Well, one reason and one reason only. The luxury tax. Now, for those for those of you that aren't like diehard MBA people, salary cap people and all that stuff. It's just basically you're allowed to spend a certain amount. And every year that you go over it, you owe the NBA more and more money. And the Celtics ownership probably not probably clearly didn't want to spend a lot of money this year especially with the way the team has been performing right now and Hernan gomez was going to make seven million dollars this season so by waving jabari parker earlier in the month and making this move it gets the team right below the tax line so they don't have to pay extra money to the nba because if you're a repeat tax offender more money comes out of your pocket like i just mentioned now Here's the tricky part. If Jalen Brown makes the all-star team, he will make an extra $1.5 million, which will then put the team above the luxury tax line. So going forward, don't be surprised if the Celtics make a move like training, uh, training, huh, trading Bruno Fernando for some cash to another team to make sure they do stay that below that luxury tax line. Now, the way that it's looking this season, I don't think Jalen Brown's going to meet the all-star team. He could, who knows, but I don't know. It doesn't look like he will. We'll see. Injury-wise with the Boston Celtics, everyone is back and healthy, which is good to hear. Hopefully everyone is immune to COVID, minus I think, I, I don't think Emey's gotten it. I don't think Jalen's gotten it. I feel like there's a couple guys on the team that haven't gotten it yet. I think Marcus was the last one. I don't think Jalen got it, but who knows? I, I, I can't keep up. I feel like every NBA player and their mother and their assistant coach and their trainer all have it. It's been insane, but... Currently, the Celtics are 24-24. and 24. They are now the 8th seed. They actually had a shitty week. The Celtics did not have a good week. If you take away the Pelicans game on Monday, the Celtics went 1-2 and two this week, and somehow they went from the 10th seed to the 8th seed. I don't get it. They are now only two games behind the Hornets for the 7th seed and 3.5 and games out of the 6th spot, which is owned by the Philadelphia 76ers. The Cavs keep winning. They they're currently in the fifth spot. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. The 76ers keep winning. They've won eight out of the last 10 Celtics are six and four in their last 10. So it's like, even though the Celtics kind of have played some good basketball as of late, but not really the kind of basketball we want them to play, even though they are moving up in the standings, they're not really like catching up to where they want to be. Which is crazy. Now, according to tankathon.com, the Celtics have the seventh easiest schedule the rest of the way, which is nice to hear. But the Cleveland Cavaliers have the fourth easiest. So who knows what's going to happen? Seriously, I have no idea. But so after they beat the Pelicans on Monday, the Celtics, um, yeah, hey, hey, Tim, you're talking about the Celtics. Maybe pretend where you are for 35 seconds. God, but yeah, after they beat the Pelicans on Monday, they lost to the Charlotte Hornets at the Garden 111-102, then they lost to the Trailblazers 109-105, and then yesterday, if you're listening on Monday or on Sunday, if you're listening on Tuesday, whatever the case may be, over the weekend, they beat the Washington Wizards 116-87. to Now, this week, they have three games. They played the Sacramento Kings, the Atlanta Hawks, and New Orleans Pelicans. Now, folks, this is another week where they can legitimately win three games in a row. I feel like I've predicted that the last like three to four weeks. It hasn't happened, but I really and truly think that this could be it. I really do, and we're going to preview those games in a little bit, but I really think this is the week that they win three games in a row in one week. I really think it's going to happen. I don't believe it, but I really think it's going to happen. So... What is the topic going to be this week? I feel like I, ha- I, you know, my first 75, maybe even my first 100 episodes, I'd break down every single game, and they were like 45-minute long podcasts, and I don't know if people really liked it, you know, like, especially if you watch the game, you're like, dude, I know what happened, but, like, what are your thoughts about, like, what's going on with the team? So I really don't know what to talk about this week, because I I, I honestly just don't know about this basketball team anymore. I mean, after the Trailblazers game, I posted on the Instagram story, at Banner Podcast. The Celtics stink, and they do, and they're not a great basketball team because I just don't know what to say about them anymore. I mean, they didn't score a single field goal in the last six or seven minutes of that basketball game against the Portland Trailblazers, who statistically are one of the bottom two worst defensive teams in the NBA, if not the worst defensive team in the NBA. Oh, yeah, and by the way, they didn't have Damian Lillard. And then they lost to a Hornets team that I said in episode 149 don't try to outshoot them from three. And what do they do? The Celtics shoot 14 of 46 as a team, and the Hornets go 16 of 39. So again, stupid, stupid. This team just can't play a full 48 minutes of basketball. If you take away the second quarter of the Hornets game, Celtics win. The Celtics sucked in that second quarter. Then, if you take away the third quarter in the Trailblazers game, where the Celtics stunk again, guess what? The Celtics win. But then they show up against the Wizards, and they look like they should be a, fu- a top four team in the East. I don't get it. I've talked at length all year about ball movement, attacking the rim, playing a full 48 minutes, and they do one-one game, and then they'll do another the next game, but they can't just do all of them at the same goddamn time. It's insane. It's so frustrating, especially the fourth quarter. I mean, this fourth quarter thing is a sick joke at this point, right? Like... Brad couldn't figure it out. Tatum can't figure it out. Eme can't figure it out. Jalen can't figure it out. Marcus can't figure it out. Al Horford can't figure it out. Time Lord can't figure it out. Number 12 can't figure it out. Josh Richardson can't figure it out. Like, no one can figure out what the fuck is going on. Danny Ainge couldn't figure it out. Wick can't figure it out. I bet you there are other teams in the NBA that can't even figure out why the fuck the Celtics suck so bad in the fourth quarter. The Celtics score the 5th lowest amount of points. The, here, let me, let, me, let me just say this. This is how weird the season has been, okay? The Celtics have scored the 5th lowest amount of points in the 4th quarter at home. And then they have scored the 10th highest amount of points in the 4th quarter on the road. But the Celtics are 15-10 and 10 at home this year. And they are 9-14 and 14 on the road. How does that make any fucking sense? How does that make any sense? I don't get it. Now, before the Wizards game, what's even crazier is in the fourth quarter, Jason Tatum has scored 290 points on 42% from the field and 33% from three and is a plus 13. Eh, not bad. Jalen Brown is shooting 39% from the field, 25% from three, and is a minus 53. A minus 53 in the fourth quarter this season, Jalen Brown. The Celtics are 53 points worse in the fourth quarter when Jalen Brown is on the floor. What? Huh? How? Like, that just can't happen. It can't happen. It makes zero sense. But, like... <laughs> but here's the thing. In the last 10 games, the Celtics are playing better than average basketball compared to the rest of the league. If you look at the numbers and stuff, and I, I think if you just watch the game overall, the Celtics are improving in some beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy way. Okay? Okay? But it's just, I don't get it. And listen, I'm no expert. I'm just a season ticket holder that's mildly obsessed with the game of basketball and over the moon obsessed with the Boston Celtics. But in the last 10 games, the Celtics have the 11th best offensive rating in the NBA, which is might be their highest mark all year. They have the fourth best defensive rating in the NBA. They're seventh in rebound percentage and their net rating is 6.7. All of that in the top 10 except for the offensive rating which is 11th and it's like a percentage point behind so we'll just say all four of those categories are in the top 10 but their assist to, their assist to turnover ratio is sixth in the league at 1.65 that means every 1.65 passes the celtics make is a freaking turnover Ugh. Ugh. i don't get it so here's the thing what is the fix folks what is the fix Everyone has their own opinion, and to be honest, I thought I have one, and I don't think I have one anymore, because I have no idea. And if you think that you have an idea, you're wrong. You're clueless, like Alicia Stilverson. You're You have no idea. Right now, the team is healthy, so that's good, so there's no excuses there. It looks like Tatum is out of his shooting slump, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, so no excuses there. The coach has now coached over half of a season in the NBA. He's seen it all. He's seen good fourth quarters, Terrible fourth quarters, unhealthy team, healthy team, a majority of different lineups, so the no excuses there. The defense has has improved, so that's great, so no issue there. They have the second best free throw percentage in the league as a team, so if they get to the free throw line, that's not a worry. They are actually a top 10 rebounding team in the league, So, but maybe less offensive rebounds, which brings me to this. Let Yeah, let's actually focus on less offensive rebounds, because if... you they could just rebound the goddamn basketball against the Portland Trailblazers, they win that game. Because Nurkic got that offensive rebound at the end, which forced Tatum to take that stupid three point shot at the end of the game. Ugh. But listen, the offensive rebounds isn't going to magically change because this team either shows effort sometimes or they don't. And you you just don't know and the ugh. Ugh. it's just so frustrating but like maybe if they limit offensive rebounds from the other team maybe they can get 10 wins in a row i mean the ball movement would be lovely over the over the whole season so far i th- uh, what did i read they're 22nd in the league in assists but in the last 10 they're 21 so i guess that's improvement like if you watch the wizards game today or whenever the other day depending on when you're listening the ball movement in the first quarter was fucking delightful it was beautiful it was like a nice plate of chicken parm not too much cheese not just too much marinara sauce just right it was perfect i loved it but then like why does it stop what makes it stop miss shots someone needs to explain How, like like beat writers can't figure it out post podcasters can't figure it out the players can't figure it out email can't figure it out Why does the ball movement just stop? Because it did in the second quarter, and luckily Tatum blacked out. But, like, I don't know. Like, what what do you do? What do you do? Is it a trade? Do they blow it up? Do they keep Jalen? Do they keep Jason? Do they keep... Jalen, Jason, and Rob, and then everyone else, is a free-for-all? Do they get rid of Smart? Do you keep Smart? Do you package Horford and a young kid in a deal to save on some salary cap for next year free agency? Do you not play Horford and Time Lord at the same time? Do you split up the minutes more between Schroeder and Smart so they're not on the floor at the same time? I don't know. But the options are endless. But something has to be done. The trade deadline is February 10th. The NBA All-Star break is February 20th. After that time, the Celtics have four road trips left three of them are three games one with four games but they only have two three game stands left so they're not going to have a lot of chances like they did to get into a rhythm at home with their 15 and 10 this year like they did in january so with that being said before we preview this week's upcoming games let's do everyone's favorite segment the 150th edition of stud and dud of the week Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, this week's episode of stud and dud of the week on episode 150 of the Banner Bancher podcast. Stud of the week is Jason Tatum. Now listen. Why the hell, you're, you're probably saying to yourself, why the hell is Timmy G saying that Jason Tatum should be the start of the week? He missed 23 pointers in a row over like a three game span, including a game winning shot versus the Trailblazers. Bah! Yes, I agree. It was a shooting slump for sure. And that sucked. I'm sorry to hear about that. Um, and, I'm, and I'm sorry that Jason had to go through that. And I hated the shot that he took against the Trailblazers. So I, 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 I hear you barking. And yes, I am aware he is shooting the worst three point percentage of his career. Also noted but let me ask you this why or what's the how what's the best way for me to really just get to you and ask this what was everyone bitching and moaning about last season and the year before that with jason tatum do you want me to answer that question for you okay i will why doesn't jason tatum attack the rim more what the fuck blah 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 so which one is it you want him to attack the rim but then when he's attacking the rim you're going to complain about him missing three-point shots? Well, oh, which one is it? Like, this is why I hate Celtics fans sometimes. J- you have wanted Jason Tatum to bulk up, attack the rim, and get to it. And he did. He freaking had 14 free throws against the Trailblazers. Wah. But he missed a couple three-pointers. But he scored 27 points. Wah. What? Figure it out. Which one do you want? Do you want step back three-pointer Jason Tatum? Or do you want drive in the rim Jason Tatum? Or do you want both? I prefer both. The shots will fall eventually. And they did against the Wizards. Talk about that in a little bit. In the last three games, Jason Tatum has gone 33% from three, which is higher than his season percentage right now. Again, I know. That sucks. But if you take away those three games, or I'm sorry, if you take away the three-pointers in the last three games, He's gone nine, f- 9 out of 14, 8 out of 13, and 5 out of 12 from the field, a.k.a. 56% from the field, and has gone 19 of 23 from the line. Wah! wah Tatum stinks. He's also pulled in 26 rebounds, 17 assists. Wah, wah, I don't get it. Shut up. shut up he just dropped 51 points in front of bradley beal which everyone wants on this team so wouldn't that be a little bit of a turn on for bradley beal to be like wow jason tatum's my good friend i know he's good but he dropped a 51 piece nugget on our head maybe i should leave oh yeah and by the way in the last two seasons jason tatum has five 50 point games steph curry four bradley beal two joel Embiid two damian lillard two you know who's above Jason Tatum? Nobody. There is literally no one in the NBA who has more 50-point games than Jason Tatum. Now, your counter, your little devil's advocate is, who gives a fuck about that? Touche. I'd rather banner 18 than five 50-point games. I hear you barking, but Jason Tatum found a way to get out of his shooting slum. Now, one game, not a big deal. Can you do it against the, the Kings and the Hawks and the Pelicans? He fucking better, I'll tell you that right now. But... Jason Tatum knew he was in a shooting slump and took over a basketball game today against a team that the Celtics are fighting for seating wise in the playoffs. Nine of 14, eight of 13, five of 12 inside the three point line, 56% from the field, nine of 20, 19 of 23 from the line. I've wanted Jason Tatum to do this for so long. And now that he is, I'm going to complain about something else. Unbelievable. The dud of the week. That's right, folks. It's Jalen Brown. What? Jalen Brown. Why? Well, well, Jalen Brown had 6 assists versus the Hornets. Insane, right? (laughs) But holy shit, he went 2 of 11 from 3. And then Jalen Brown had 5 assists versus the Trailblazers. Oh my god, that's like back-to-back Jalen Brown dance parties, but he went 2 of 7 from 3. Jason, I mean, I'm sorry, Jalen also took the most shots in the fourth quarter versus the Trailblazers. During that 7-minute stretch where they didn't hit a field goal at all, Tatum only took 2, Brown took 4, and he missed all 4. Jalen Brown only had 1 assist versus the Wizards and shot 5 of 18 from the field. So this week... Jalen Brown shot 36% from the field, 29% from three, 78% from the three-throw line, and you're telling me the issue's Jason Tatum? Stop. Please. Listen, I'm not putting Jason and Jalen against each other. Because they need to work together. I don't want them to be best friends. I just want them to realize that they need each other to be successful in this league down the road. Because I promise you, the second you get a ring, all the sneaker deals, his juice brand, Jason Tatum's Jordan deals, all of it. Deuce, whatever the case may be, he it's all going to blow up. They need to figure it out. Brad Stevens realizes it has to work. It has worked before, and it can work. So he's not going to make some dumb trade just because things aren't clicking. He's not going to do that. And I said earlier this year, Jalen Brown is the most important player for this Boston Celtics team, and he needs needs to play like it. In my opinion, Jalen is more mature than Jason. He's more fearless than Jason. Fearless, speak English to him. So he's more mature, more fearless, and he has to step up when he realizes that Jason Tatum is in a shooting slump. And he just doesn't do that. And I, I, I just don't think he's there yet. He knows when to take a step back like he did versus the Wizards when JT is going off. But he has to learn how to take a step forward when Jason is not going off in plain English. That's where I'm a little frustrated with Jalen Brown. Now, I understand he scored 50 points without Jason Tatum on the floor. I believe Jason has, out of his five 50-point games, I think Jalen's been on the floor for at least three of them. So when is Jalen going to step up and be like, all right, Tatum's off tonight. He can't shoot the ball that well. Give me the ball. I'm going to, I'm going to win this basketball game for this team because Jason, even though he may not be shooting the ball well, isn't afraid to do that. And I think that's the difference. Now, with that being said, I really think the dead of the week is Al Horford because he has stunk as of late. He can't shoot. He couldn't throw a teabag. bag in the Boston Harbor during the Boston Tea Party. That's how bad he's been playing lately, but we can talk about that some other time. But let's preview the the uh, the three games this upcoming week. Tuesday night at the Garden, 7.30 p.m. versus the Kings. Then a quick two-game road trip versus the Hawks on Friday night at 7 p.m. And then Saturday night at 7 p.m. in New Orleans. So back-to-back games for the Celtics this week. My brain literally just stopped working, so I apologize for that little brain fart there. But, all right, so... Listen, even a hundred and fifty episodes in, I'm still not perfect. But we're we're maybe by episode two fifty we'll get there. But hey. Uh Tuesday night versus the Kings, seven thirty start at T D Garden. The Kings stink. They're eighteen and eighteen and thirty. They've lost eight out of ten, including three in a row, and currently on a five game East Coast road trip bottom 10 in offense, bottom 5 in defense, but this is just one of those games where we're going to get really frustrated with the Celtics if they take this game lightly. This is one of those games where the Celtics have to be like, okay, we played really well against the Wizards. Now let's take that next step and start playing even better against a shitty team, and that's where the confidence builds, and that's where good good basketball comes. They, you know, The Kings, of course, have Deion Fox, one of the best point guards in the league, a good veteran shooter like Harrison Barnes, and an upcoming good playmaking A shot creator, defensive player in Tyrese Halliburton. I love watching that kid play. He's a really nice addition for a young and upcoming team. But if Buddy Heald, who is shooting 42% from three in his last 10 games, gets going and drops like 30 points on the Celtics from just shooting threes, I'm going to riot. I'm going to lose it. Like, I'm not worried about Marvin Bagley Jr. or Rashawn Holmes, which, by the way, I would love for the Celtics to trade for Rashawn Holmes to come off the bench and be a nice little centerpiece instead of Ennis Freedom. Just saying. But don't let Buddy Heald get going. Let De'Aaron Fox do his thing. But don't let Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald get going the absolutely not no 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 that's not for me the hawks game a very important one for sure the hawks are playing very well of late they've won four in a row including beating the bucks the heat and the hornets all teams that are in the playoffs the bucks are a top three or four teams so aren't the the heat and the hornets are right above you so to f- the fact that they can win four in a row in general and then three of those against three very very good basketball teams is definitely concerning and The Celtics are going to be on the road for that game as well. Now, DeAndre Hunter has been a good basketball player for them over the last two weeks, 16 points, five boards. John Collins has been on. He's either on or off, but hasn't been playing that great overall this year. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved it, it's just not working out with him and the Atlanta Hawks. It happens. But, you know, of course they have Trey Young, which Marcus has to be all over. I wouldn't even mind if Aaron Neesmith and Romeo Langford just get some minutes on him just to for them to just waste all their energy on the defensive end. But, you know, you also got to worry about Herter and Gallinari as shooters. Remember last year... Or two years ago, just seems like forever ago. Where Gallinari went off, I think he dropped like thirty plus points against it. Might have even been forty. They both shoot the ball well at home. It's just a, you know another game where do what works out for you. Ball movement, attacking to the rim, get to the free throw line. You are the second best free throw shooting team in the league. You are a bottom ten three point shooting team in the league don't shoot three pointers against good three point shooting teams. Get to the line, hit your free throws. Let's make it happen. And then the Pelicans game, like why like why am I even talking about it? I mean, Brandon Ingram, their best player, went down versus the Knicks the other day with an ankle injury. They are they aren't planning to do an MRI, but he might miss some time including this game, which will obviously be a huge plus for the Celtics. Zion's not coming back for them anytime soon. The Celtics re- recently beat them on uh, when was it? MLK Day, that twelve thirty Monday game. And they did that without Marcus Smart and Rob Williams, so that's obviously a positive there. They they shot the three-point ball better than the Pelicans. The ball movement really wasn't ideal that game. They have to limit their turnovers. It's just one of those teams where they're very well coached by Willie Green. They're an energetic team for sure. I was lucky enough to sit courtside in that game, and the the energy that was on the Pelicans bench for a team that was on the road for an early game was so much better than the celtics it was literally insane but they this is the type of week where the celtics have to feel well because they have two very tough games next week against the heat and the uh the heat and the hornets and they're both at home so the celtics have a good opportunity to kind of flex their muscles a little bit over these next five games can they do it i don't know we'll see But that is it for episode 150 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for letting me get to 150 episodes. A really cool feat for sure. Um, We're right around the corner to 20,000 listens, which will be awesome. Um, I know a few people at Big Night Media have done it. uh, Drinks After Work and Eat the Damn Cake have already done it in like, I don't know. 50 episodes but their social media following is insane maybe i need to up my social media game who knows but either way i really and truly appreciate the support for 150 episodes looking to maybe do 150 more who knows but thanks so much have a great week please stay safe hopefully this covid stuff is done sooner rather than later so we can get back to normal and if you're ever at td garden Section 315, row 15, come on by. I love meeting new Celtics fans all the time. Go get your Banner Banter podcast, marriage at bignightshop.com. And, yeah, that's it. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.